All righty, back in action. The Look Good, Feel, Feel good, good podcast. podcast. What's up, Mario? What's up, Bretzky? I'm doing better now, man, after talking to you and getting this thing back on the road. Yeah, man. I miss you, buddy. All's good? Yeah, all's good. Uh, feels good to be back in Naples Strength and the Conditioning. Old, the old stomping grounds? The old stomping grounds. I did uh, my little browse around uh, after I just used the restroom before we got on the mic. and you uh, notice anything different? It felt good. Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff out there. This, yeah, more fans, bro. That summer killed us, man. I can't wait for this summer to be over. It's just hot. It is hot, man. And... Uh, you know, you're you're sweating more coaching than half of the people are working out, huh? I they I tell them every day I change clothes three times a day, bro. Three times a day. They don't believe me because I'm just sweating all day. Yeah, you got to, bro. In this heat, what, 90-degree heat? It's not even the heat. You know, we started by humidifiers uh, to gauge uh, how hot it was getting. The humidity will get up to 85% in here, and that's what's just gnarly, bro. That like humidity. Your pores are just opening up and sweating and every little crevice bro that that's probably i can handle the heat you know i like desert heat kind of stuff i can handle that but when the humidity starts jumping up 80 percent is just bro you're drenching you're ever you're sweating everywhere yeah you got to take pride in that you know you're working hard as hell compared to you know people out there at global gym sitting on machines twiddling their thumbs not getting any results you're throwing down clanging and banging in this hot florida heat so I don't, pride in that. I don't I don't think I can do it any other way. I've been doing this in the warehouse here for nine years. Uh, my CrossFit when I was at UF was done out of uh, the house that I was staying at. And even like we were talking about our garage gyms uh, before I even started up my first gym was in a condo garage. So that's all I know, bro. I don't I don't think even if I tried, I could do it. I just I wouldn't feel right. Now, I remember when. Uh I was trying to get you to come by LA Fitness one time because uh, Gary V was down for a week. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm like, bro, you gotta you gotta come out here, man. I'll try to time it out <laughs> to to what he's here. And you're, and you're like, bro, I don't know if I could go into a, a gym like that. No, I would have <laughs> pretended I was working out, but there's no way in hell I would have been able to work out in there. Do a couple bicep curls and and call it, man. All right, let's get into it. So what we're rolling with today is a straight Q&A format. Yeah, this is fun. I like these. And I think we got some good questions. You know, uh, I was looking at some of yours we were talking about before we got on, and, uh, you know, I have, I have some good ones as well. And uh, I think uh, we can hit on some good points and help help our listeners. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. First do one. It. So we'll go a little you go, I go action. All right, we'll run that format. I think that'll be nice and smooth. How do you find motivation to keep pushing forward in tough situations? Uh, what's the context? Is it? Do you know the context? There's here? no context, so we can get specific. We can get kind of broad. I can I can roll on it. If you want me to, go ahead, buddy, and I'll, and I'll piggyback off of that. So just kind of um, my philosophy on this is, I have to make sure I'm around people that are adding positivity to my life. Right? People that are going to push me to be better, that are going to motivate me, hold me accountable that are adding value to what I'm doing, right? Because, you know, I know you've heard the saying, you are the average of the five people you spend around, you know, most of your time with. So if I feel like I'm struggling, no matter, you know, what I'm doing, whether it's, you know, professionally or fitness or whatnot, I'll always look to, you know, trying to find that team effort atmosphere to try to pick me up and guide me in the right direction because you know i'll be the first one to tell you you can accomplish a lot more if you are 
you know, guided and helped by people that are either farther along the route you want to go or just people that care about you, they'll kind of push you through the tough times and whatever, you, you know, you come across in life. Yeah, I mean, if you take that same mentality into training, these are people that are like-minded, right? Most of the times we are attracted to people uh, that are like-minded by us, and that's easy to find in training facilities in which we train because they have that same principle. So we attach with the same philosophy most often, and this kind of idea that uh, two are always better than one. Like, there's always been someone there to help us along the way, and there's going to be an opportunity for us to one day help them. And that's that, that, that thing that just happens naturally when you, when you care for somebody. And, but I, I also say that you can't get help if you're not asking, right? Sometimes we, you know, my wife and I talk about like this marriage thing that it's so important to help and motivate and support each other, but to communicate when we need help. Like, don't get mad at me. We had this convo yeah. years ago. Don't get mad at me because I'm not psychic. Yep. Like, not mind reader. help please tell me what you need and I will, and I will help you. I will do my best. But this idea that, you know, you're going to put on a pouty face and be upset and I'm supposed to know why you're doing that. That's not fair. And like-minded, I think if there is an individual lacking motivation, they need to just, they need to open up to somebody they trust to be like, dude, man, I'm just struggling right now. Yeah. You just got to develop the awareness that, Hey, I need an outside source to kind of help me pick me up. I can't, you know, do everything myself. And if you're struggling to find that groove in training and you can find a legitimate training partner, it could be a game changer. Absolutely. Right. It could be a game changer. And, you know, you need the support system, you know, at home. Right. You need the support system. Uh, believe it or not. So I, I picked up a, a new client and I was talking to her a little bit and she was telling me that her spouse is so against what she's doing because it's a little bit you know, it, it costs, it costs money. Right. And they're doing these two houses where they, you know, they bought a couple properties and they're building them up. And so they have some budgeting and financial stuff going on. And he's so against this for her. And I'm like, man, so my approach is like, Hey, let's just get you all these great results, show this complete lifestyle change, and then it'll get him on board. Right. Month in, she's down about nine pounds. Right. And she's feeling better and she's more functional. And she came to me like a little bit dinged up and all that but i mean you know just go back to my main point like the support system is huge right and they have to be on board with what you want to do who you want to become and that will pick you up and move you forward no that's really important and you know there could be many reasons why that you know he's taking that selfish approach but ultimately like i said we have to control our own happiness and it starts there and people can jump up on that bandwagon. I mean, I still got people that think that like this fitness thing is a fad and I'm like, no, like no, this, this is, is here for this the long run. This is my career, this bro. Is, yeah. This, oh, that's, that's just what he does. Cause you know, many, you know, he's just, you know, he likes lifting weights, you know, but that's eventually going to stop. Like these are, you know, things that I've heard from kids since middle school, you know, and they just, they don't get it. And I think, especially when you're trying to make that transition like that, that can be tough, Brett, because she's trying almost to create a, a new persona, you mm -hmm. know, and that's a little bit 
tricky. Um, you know, I think you got a great opportunity with her right now because she is excited and taking advantage of that motivation. But we're leading in like me when I take in a new client, I drive, I, I take advantage of their motivation as long as I can. But in that process or through the training, I want to teach them the process of discipline because we've said it over and over discipline over motivation. For if sure. We can have them both. Let's ride it. Right. I hate having to pick one or the other. But what we recognize is that motivation dies out. It does die and it could come and go and it's got waves and that's great. But the, the discipline can be there forever. And it's what a great athlete does. It's what we've spent all our lives doing and being successful as athletes and tra just transitioning that into business. So I, I think that uh, maybe just recognize that maybe they're in the phase where the motivation is dwindling for the first time or the first time in a really long time. And they're afraid because they were on that high. Just stick to what you're doing, man. Stick to it. And, and find a way to get excited again, whether through training partners, I was, I was thinking uh, events, right? We're talking about your competition you did. How excited, that got you a little motivated again, right? Yep. It brought that excitement back. Not that you were unmotivated, but it's a newness that you hadn't had and that got you ramped up. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it before, uh, not to get too far off topic, but the date on the calendar, right? It doesn't have to be a competition or event. It could be a vacation. It could be linking up with an old friend. It could be going to a reunion. Right. You have a specific date on the calendar. It'll create some, you know, more discipline and that assertiveness to kind of better yourself. That's not off topic at all, bro. I think that that's got to be part of their next uh, training partner. Yeah. Shoot. Get them both. Get the training partner who you're going to compete with. You know, like that's it right that, there. That That's double the motivation. Uh, I got a question. Uh, she asked. Uh, this is Serena. She doesn't care that I put her name out there. What uh, is the shout out Serena? Shout out Serena, <laughs> Serena Bina eighty seven. <laughs> I, I still can't figure that one out. I get one more crack on him. What is the best, most effective way to practice all the skills you are learning uh, while trying so that you can incorporate them into class? Uh, things, but how do you control fatigue, burnout, and quality of training in the process? Okay, so to practice and develop a skill, it has to be low intensity, right? And the quality needs to trump any type of intensity and then you just need to stay consistent with that. So, you know, from CrossFit terms, I know EMOMs are really great because you're not rushing against the clock and you're not doing like five or seven different things and expecting to get better. You pick one thing, okay? My goal walking into the gym today is to get better at the snatch, right? And to get a little bit more in depth, I want to land a little bit lower underneath and catching it overhead, right? So you pick one focus, you pick, you dial in on that and you want to move the needle just a little bit that day, okay? And then you add something on top of that, add something on top of that and you keep going. But to sum it up, low intensity, ultimate focus and you can't do that when you're huffing and puffing gasping for air what do you got coach that's it man i mean we recognize that the quality is always greater under low intensity and but at some point especially within our program here where we have to incorporate those movements into high intensity is how do we make that transition I think you and I have a huge benefit because we came first as personal trainers and we just understand really basic training concepts uh, at, 
like linear progression. Like this is where we start. We build that progress over time. Weightlifting, it's the concept is easy, but when it comes to more technical stuff, like I want to get a ring muscle up, but I just finally got my first chin to bar. That one's a little bit tricky. I read that meme you put up earlier about the muscle up and then how many pull-ups did you have? Oh yeah. Yeah. See, like, <laughs> too you have too many, strict. You got too strict. Oh boy. This is going to be, a, this is going to be a long combo. That's what I'm thinking. But you got to know where you stand, right? Exactly. That's where we're selling self-awareness. Like, or they think they got one chin over bars. So now they can do ring muscle ups. Like they just, they don't have that understanding. Or one of my clients, like he sees me lift. Uh, oh, I did the 315 for five and I posted it. He's like, man, you should really compete professionally. And I'm like, bro, bro, like relax. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't know like what that looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you want to help them create that self-awareness. What I think is very tricky in a CrossFit training program is the infinite variability is awesome, right? No one quits because they get bored. They quit because it gets hard. But with that said, it it's really hard to drive down consistency with skill work when you might, you know, double down on a movement that day. Like you're doing the skill work and then all of a sudden you have to do something very similar at high volume for the workout and it just destroy everything or vice versa. You do the high volume workout, you stay after class to try to do the skill work and you got nothing left, right? That's a, uh, a real common issue. And you know what, that's exactly Brett, why we post our workout seven days in advance. When people are looking for strength training or weakness training, they have to look at the seven day cycle, if not put it all on paper and say, these are the two or three things that I've worked on with my coach that I need work on. Where would that fit perfectly? Not to interfere with everything going on in programming versus decide last minute you want to do skill work on your bar muscle up that we went over. But we just, we just finished Cindy for 20 minutes and you just hit a hundred pull-ups like that that doesn't make sense yeah now you got to plan it out and it's got to correlate with the overall big picture on your entire week's training absolutely and then retest right know what your baseline is come back every eight to twelve weeks and then see how it's improving if it's not improving you're doing something wrong you're not like you said to me discipline is consistency he's doing it over and over uh with without waiver yeah love it uh okay so this is this is a good one here what smartwatch do you wear for training stop playing dog <laughs> so this is an inside joke but i really do want to answer this and i want to know your opinion on it too because i know you kind of did the the whoop thing yep did that so i, yeah, I kind of want to go yep. okay so i'll give you my rant on it i'm pretty old school when it comes to stuff like that you know i don't count calories i don't count macros i don't really you know i should do a better job at tracking weight I, I track weight, but I don't do percentages, right? So I'm like, long story short, I'm, I try to keep it as simple as possible, right? So when these trendy uh, Fitbits and Apple Watches yep. it. and all these come into about, you know, I kind of take that with a grain of salt, right? And there's been numerous occasions where I've seen these being flawed and them not being correct, Right. One instance was I'm at the track doing my lunges and my partner has his Apple watch on and we are set up to do 800 meter lunges. Right. 800 meter lunges. We all know one time around the track is 400. That makes two times around 800. Four times would be the mile. We do one lap, and his Apple Watch is saying we're done with our 800. Shut up. And he's trying to convince me the that track is the track is wrong, and the Shut Apple up. and the Apple Watch is right. I'm like, dude, I love you, bro, but 
this, this you're is being standard. idiotic right now <laughs> <laughs> you think the tracks are okay Listen to your gut not your watch man so that whatever and then oh that's hilarious man and, and i got it just going back to social media and funny memes right i saw uh t nation post something and it I killed me dude. i love that it killed me it said if you eat donuts fast enough, your Fitbit will think you're jogging. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Bro, but just, you know, on a, on a serious note, I'm not crazy about them. Uh, you know, I'd rather you determine your results based on how your clothes are fitting and how you're looking in the mirror and, you know, quantifiable results that way, you know. And maybe, you know, I could move a little bit forward with getting a little more research base and stuff like that but when it comes to those man i'm not a i'm not a huge guy on them well me either and and i i love your idea about being a minimalist i try to train with the least amount of gear possible once in a while i'll throw it on just because i haven't in a while but one is dependence right and i don't want to be dependent on this gear for me to perform right um i don't want the watch to tell me how I'm supposed to do things, right? If my gut is telling me otherwise. On paper, I can create an amazing year training cycle for you. But if your body says something today and you're not feeling the volume or the load that I have, then you gotta listen to your gut. If your watch says you're ready to perform today, you're fully recovered, and I'm like, bullshit. But you like, feel like, And yeah. I feel terrible, who, what, who am I gonna listen to? And that's one, being minimalist. Two is I just think it's it's very interfering, right? Like you'll see people training, especially like under conditioning work, and they keep staring at their watch. And I'm like, don't stare at your watch. Listen to your heart rate. Listen to your yeah. breath. How do you like, feel? Yeah. What, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think sometimes that watch can hold us back because it's like, oh, well, I can't get my heart rate over 170. Why can't you do that? Well, because that's my calculation my watch gives me. I'm like, what? but are you moving? Are you still moving? You look good. The quality's there. Then why hold yourself back? Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, I want capacity. I want to build capacity based on what I understand about human movement, how I see people move. And if I can push them to that limit, I don't need the damn watch to tell me that. No, I don't I love need that. the watch to do that. Uh, but I think some people, beginner, like for sedentary people, it's pretty good. I think, one, there's an engagement process between them and the watch. It's almost interactive. Uh, and so they can kind of... Makes it fun a little it bit. It makes it fun yeah. for them. You know, like the 10,000 steps a day. And that started to incorporate a better lifestyle for these people. If the watch is getting them off the couch and to do their required steps, it's a win right there, right? Absolutely. But, like, are you going to go to the games because you had your watch on? Like, come on. It's Matt Frazier wearing an Apple watch come when he's on. winning the games. It depends how much they're paying him. <laughs> If he's wearing it, I what's guarantee they pay him really What's that endorsement well. looking yeah, like? Uh, yeah. yeah, what's that endorsement check look like? I'll tell you right away whether he's wearing it. Yeah. So that, uh, does that make sense? No, I think we have some good takeaways on that one. All right, let's do the last one here. Sounds good. Uh, he asked, Bob asked, how much training is too much training or vice versa? How much is too little training? I'd say too much. You know, you know we've talked about this is it overtraining or is it under recovering, right? But good indicators, man, if you're waking up and you feel just beat to shreds and like, you know, you're achy, it's not just that that little bit of soreness, like, hell yeah, I got a good workout, but like, I'm like hurting, right? Take a day or two off or hit the little recovery workout. And then, you know, people get sometimes sick from training too hard, right? Where 
you know, you, you're training seven days a week and then all of a sudden Monday comes around and you, you get cold, you develop a cold or whatnot. You know, these are indicators of like, hey, you're not sleeping enough, you're not eating enough, and you're probably training too hard. And, you know, we can only withstand so much stress, right? So if you're in a high-pressure job where you got to hit crucial deadlines, okay, you're not sleeping that well because your work is kicking your ass at home, you got a lot of stuff going on with the family, and then you're adding intense training on top of that, these are all components that will feel you make you feel beat down, run down, and these are all indicators of you, you know, doing too much. Exactly, and the overall consensus there is that that your training is not producing, uh, is not moving the needle into producing a positive outcome into your goals, right? On average, right? Like out of five days is one day like a little like beat up, sure. But on average, you are still moving the needle to produce a positive outcome. You can see yourself moving to the right into your goals. Vice versa is true, is that we know the volume uh, is too little when it's not producing positive doses, right? Like a little tenderness, that eight week training retest, 12, training, 12 week training cycles, we retest and you don't even come close to PRing. Yeah, you're not uh, seeing gains. You're not seeing the, 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 right? Moving the needle to positive outcomes. Maybe the volume is not too much. I think it takes a really long time to create that self-awareness. I think that the more sedentary you are, the more rest you need. I tell people when they first sign up, two to three days a week of this CrossFit stuff is more than enough for the first six months. And they look at me like I'm nuts. I'm, I'm not saying that you can't go do some lower, lighter activities, but I'm saying this ground and pound stuff where it's in your face, two to three days a week then we get to this position where you're putting in more frequency in a row so now you're going two on one off and then three on one off four on one off uh, then we're getting somewhere but you can't just start there because it's going to be hell yeah i think a good rule of thumb is you have to instill the long game within people that are, are asking this question or first getting started right hey this is a long term ordeal right this is not fast you're not going to take someone off the couch and have them train hard, intense training seven days a week, right? We're thinking long-term, develop some things where we're moving the needle further and further gradually. And if we can develop the awareness there, I think the risk of overtraining um, will be minimized. Yeah, and it's not that, I mean, I think if you're pushing yourself hard as an athlete, we're always on that verge and having to constantly question ourselves like, is this too much like that's what you should do because we're playing this very blurry line is do as much work as we can to get as fit as we can without burning out mm -hmm. and that blurry line is sometimes you need to take an extra day off right like don't like I like what's your gut who are you as a human being if you can't make these decisions on your own and on paper we have the seven day cycle you're like yeah that's great man these seven days are going to be great and you're in the fourth day and you're beat, you're beat. Like, what are you going to do in that moment mm -hmm. and that's the difference between a beginner athlete uh, and an advanced athlete they know how to decide what they're going to do how they're going to back off their volume i think our training does a really good job of alternating that's why we mix variation as much as possible because there's natural deload and variation if you're going to go heavy one day our variation is going to sell light body weight training the next day and the third day is going to be longer uh, lsd long slow duration ride it out for 30 minutes but it's going to be really slow and we're not going to move really fast and we're not even going to put the clock on and that's what a good training program has that already built in uh, otherwise like you said you're gonna have to put in the deload 
when you're starting to feel that way. Yeah, if like there's a day where there's a lot of weightlifting involved, you can bet your bottom dollar that a lighter day, more monostructural, running, rowing, light stuff is going to come around the corner. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. That's it, brother. Close it up, baby. Are you happy with that? I think we brought some fire, man. I hope so, man. I, I think so. we were fresh. Yeah, uh, I miss doing this, buddy. Maybe we just keep rolling out the Q&As because um, it allows us to to really go in the moment, what we're going with, and for our members. I mean, we got questions from our members and people that follow us that are in, that are in the trenches right now that have these questions that they, uh, you know, that we might not have time to talk about as often. Yeah, no doubt. Let's just keep rolling with that. Uh, keep giving us the questions, questions and we'll keep answering them and, and shoot us some feedback, uh, what you guys thought and uh, if you guys even want us to keep doing this thing. And give me that five-star review. That's it, baby. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, man.